Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, helping companies help their customers. We pivoted uh, to B2B because if you're a car company, insurance company, rental, you're offering roadside assistance to your customers. And if that service goes poorly, your brand is exposed, right? You may never choose to buy a car because of its roadside assistance program, but you may never buy that car again if you have a terrible experience. Well, we're happy to have in the studio the CEO of one of the fastest growing companies in the United States. Chris Spanos is the CEO and co-founder of Urgently Roadside Assistance, a very exciting startup that's a grow-up here in the region. Talk with him a bit about how the company got started, why it's succeeding, and how it relates to a broader question about whether or not D.C. is a great place to grow a technology company. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Jonathan. Well, let's start with Urgently. Great name, but what does Urgently Roadside Assistance do? Urgently is uh, what we call as a mobility assistance platform. We have a very simple premise. If it moves, it will break and it will need assistance. And our our entry point into this marketplace was reinventing and reimagining traditional roadside assistance, which was a completely broken customer experience. But we built a platform that is capable of of, um, taking signals from any distressed vehicle And we all know about the future of mobility is being transformed right now. The future of assistance will also be transformed. And we built a platform that's capable of doing it on a global basis. What's interesting is to me, you describe building a platform, which means, you know, technology enablement. Mm -hmm. But fundamentally, you and I have seen, you've been in technology a long time, as have I, just having a technology platform doesn't get you customers. So are you direct to consumer, direct to business? How did you find... How'd you find the customer for a great technology platform? Yeah, we, we are a B2B customer. So we power assistance programs for in the U.S. for companies like Mercedes, BMW, Volvo, Uber, uh, across a wide range of automotive, transportation, and log- logistics verticals. So our customers bring their customers. Our job is to deliver a great service, both through technology and management of the service experience. So in some respects, a platform and a tech-enabled service. Uh, We're not a direct-to-consumer company, although we started off that way in the first uh, two years of of our six-year journey so far. People will often say, if they're not particularly informed, that D.C. is not a place where you can start and grow a consumer or business-focused technology company, that we're the kings and queens of consultancy, Mm. because we don't have enough talent to grow these type of companies. How do you react to that? Uh, I, I mean, I would react uh, violently in, I like in disagreement. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, D.C. Is a, is, a, is a tremendous place to do this. I mean, uh, uh, you know, there is a, a, a ton of talent here. So, you know, my background, I, I came out of MCI, right, the telecom revolution. I, I was at AOL. I was at NEW, you know, which merged with Assurian. Uh, a number of our co-founders came from AOL, VeriSign. There is a ton of talent here. There's a, uh, a ton of capital here. Um, it is a great platform in which to, you know, have an idea, build a team, get that early money, um, even get that, that big money. Um, you know, we're, we're in, a, in a building right now that has the l- largest DC firm in, in, the, in the world, which is NEA. Right, right around so, the corner from yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Studio. So mm-hmm. you can do it here. It is a great place. I think that, well, I'm going to try theory out on you, which I've been rolling around for the last couple of months. My theory is that what DC excels in is what I'll call entrepreneurship, where a lot of us, me included, cut our teeth doing startups, being around startups. 
being entrepreneurial in a large organization where we learn the lessons of finding a customer, we learn lessons of execution with somebody bankrolling us. We didn't necessarily get all the upside, but we learned an enormous amount, which, which then set us up to be entrepreneurial. And maybe that's the secret sauce for why we now have some really, really good startups. You, you know, EverFi, Siva was a huge success and, and many others. And, and I, want, I wonder if that's what is uh, really setting us apart. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that that that's a good theory. I mean, that certainly aligns with my experience. Um, MCI was a very um, entrepreneurial company inside of very type A, aggressive, find new markets, go after it. Same thing with AOL, NEW also, right? So really good. I, I was very fortunate to have really, really good training. And in fact, it started my first uh, job out of school was uh, in a publishing company in, in Old Town, Alexandria. And uh, it was a, a they were building a new newsletter uh, off their existing financial newsletters, but they treated it like a startup. So we were in the other half of the building. We had the folding tables and the folding chairs. The other half of the building was quite nice, right? And you know we we built up this publication into this most successful financial newsletter in history. But it was a startup with inside an organization, and and that just continued. So- a lot of people have focused on Amazon uh, in different ways. Mm-hmm. My gut is that um, what Amazon ultimately will do for us is it'll validate that the region has great technologists. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Amazon coming here, even though you know drive up expenses. Well, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna cost us money. It's gonna cost us uh, talent uh, in the in in the initial phases, but. You know, the way I look at it is, you know, rebuilding uh, the Crystal City area and then having, you know, UVA, George Mason, Virginia Tech, uh, you know, put education campuses there. And then even the University of Maryland coming across the river Mm. (laughs) right into Virginia to establish a foothold. Now we're going to start to have what I think Silicon Valley has, which is this great, you know, uh, entrepreneur spirit, great universities, a ton of money, a ton of history. And it becomes this machine. Now, if we can create a similar machine, right, where the where the university component is a key f- function in that, I think you know we, we're, it's a great springboard to a, a wonderful future. I do too. You know, with my dean's head on over at Merriman, I I, I see the same thing for my school. It, you're absolutely spot on. I believe. Speaking of spot on, I I think it's it would be fun for me to reveal that as an early as an investor, I was approached very early on by Urgently, and and I didn't invest. And there are some interesting lessons. Lesson number one is sometimes investors are wrong. Um, sometimes they look back in sadness. But, you know, at the time, it was a very different business. And, and I think there's some interesting lessons there for entrepreneurs uh, as well. Can you give some insight in, you know, how the business evolved and what other entrepreneurs might be able to learn from how you went through the process of modifying your business to be able to scale it? Yeah, absolutely. And the, sort of the original vision for Urgently was any urgent need – connected to a servicer who could provide it. And that's a very broad approach. And um, we needed to benefit from focus. So and we, that was my concern. Right. And very well entrenched competitors who grew up in the internet. So Service Magic, which became Home Advisor, there's a reason why they're the king of the hill and why there's an, you know, a new local services startup that starts every week and then doesn't make it, right? right. Because, you know, they, they, they're super smart and, and they know what they're doing. So we we had the opportunity um, to take the team, take an early version of the platform. We were able to get a, um, a roadside assistance network, a pre-existing one with 17 years of performance history, 
And we, in 2013, we, we looked and said, look, it's Uber for X. Everything's being Uberfied. Yeah. Uber was changing the culture. Um, on-demand economy was going to destroy all subscription businesses. So we thought, let's, let's focus on roadside assistance. No one is focusing on this white space. Needs to be Uberfied, right? Uh, transparency, speed, convenience. VCs love a clean story, right, on a big market um, with entrenched legacy analog monopolists, right? And that's roadside assistance. So that's what we did. As it turned out, climbing the direct-to-consumer market was just a, a, too much of a, of a mountain for us. And uh, we pivoted uh, to B2B because if you're a car company, insurance company, rental, you're offering roadside assistance to your customers. And if that service goes poorly, your brand is exposed, right? You may never choose to buy a car because of its roadside assistance program, but you may never buy that car again if you have a terrible experience, right? So we, we made a pivot um, uh, to B2B, and, and the story I like to tell is we were on the phone with a car company in, uh, in 2015, summer of 2015. They said, hey, we've been tracking you. We would like to work with you. We would like the speed and transparency for us. Can you do that? And I, I put the, I said, let me put you on mute. I turned to our CTO and I said, all the stuff that we're using to run and monitor the business, can we just pull it forward and put their logo on it and give them a view of just their customers? And he said, yes. And the reason why I had that thought is I knew the guys who had created the Domino's pizza tracker, right? And they had gone into Domino's and they had said, and they saw all this data behind the scenes and they said, let's just pull it forward and give it to consumers, right? And that's, that was the, split second decision, I went off on mute and I said, we can do this for you in 48 hours. We gave them the first version of it. And that that was the turning point for the company. Is, is the, the moral of the story as I let you go that the financial markets are relatively unforgiving, but relatively perfect in that if you can really find that mix between customer or consumer adoption and, and rapid growth, there's money to be had. A absolutely. And once we once we started along that journey, and then we were able to show that, you know, we could deliver service, our customers were super happy, we could win more customers, we could see a path through um, scale to get to um, really good unit economics. Then the investors started getting behind us. And our first set of investors really were strategics because they understood the pain point they had on the operational side, right? And so they they had an incentive to to support us to get, to get stronger. And now we're at the point where the financial VCs have said, okay, right, you, you've got all the characteristics we're, we're looking for. So, and we have had a number of, of investors who passed, who then came back around, paid a higher price to get in because they can see this. This is a massive, just roadside assistance. It's a $32 billion global market. I mean, it's a yeah, and I, I suppose you'd be happy if you just could command two-thirds of that. So. <laughs> well, Chris, it's it's been great having you on. And, and, you know, somewhere along the way, whether I or somebody else, we have to write a case study about how your company is growing because there's a lot of great lessons to be learned that we just barely touched on today. But thanks for doing that. Chris Spano, CEO and co-founder of Urgently Roadside Assistance, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, and our web writer is B. Aldrich. 
Music provided by two local bands, The Sunbathers, and my own band, Two Car Living Room. A special shout out to Marymount University School of Business and Technology. I'm the dean there now, and we are working hard to help our students master business and technology so it doesn't master them. Check us out at marymount.edu. And of course, thanks to Active Navigation, Sarefoil Shaw, and the Greater Washington Board of Trade who provide the financial support to make this show possible. If you have a story idea, don't forget to tweet us at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for joining us.